this party's over. I don't think so. Take a seat. We would be honored if you would join us. Calm, kindness, kinship, love. I've given up all chance at inner peace. I've made my mind a sunless space. I share my dreams with ghosts. I wake up every day to a podcast I helped create five months ago, from which there's only one conclusion. I'm damned for what I do. I'm Tyler Bodkins. I've been in this fight since I was eight years old. And with me, he's condemned to use the tools of his enemy to defeat them. He burned his decency for someone else's future. He burns his life to make a sunrise, and he knows he'll never see it's Cameron Porter. One way out. One, One way, way out. out. <laughs> oh, dude. Are you good? I'm fired up. I'm good. <laughs> I hope these listeners aren't listening at like six in the morning, like yeah. I sometimes do with podcasts. Because Wake up call. If so, that's a wake up call. I hope yep. you're listening to this on like, a, I don't know, like a Friday afternoon. Maybe you just got off for the weekend or something. Cameron, fired up, dude. <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> and or it's wild. Like, of course, I loved it whenever I watched it, but there's just something about it. I was actually talking to one of my drum students today about Andor, and we were just like kind of like going back and forth, just like talking about all the stuff we like, and it just like it was like before I knew it, I was like, "Wait a minute, we're supposed to be playing drums!" Like it just it could have gone on for the entire time. I was like, "I, I got to save it for the pod, kid. I got to save it for the pod." Um, dude, I'm so pumped. Yeah, so Th- pumped. To talk this to is Andor. the first again. This is the first time I've rewatched this since it came out, and. uh Especially watching it in like bigger chunks, like we're doing, like yeah. a couple episodes and then a couple episodes. Um, definitely, it goes by a lot faster. Like I remembered the build up to the prison break scene mm-hmm. in my mind that that took way longer than it actually did. And then here we were at episode ten, just like it just it, it, everything happened so fast, mm-hmm. which is par for the course. It was accurate depiction of how that would go down, but. Yeah, so good. It it I, I'm with you. It's it's been probably at least a year since I've seen it. I'm sure. Well, I know that as it was airing, I was going back and rewatching arcs, leading up to new episodes, and blah blah blah, like I like to do. But it's probably been a solid year since I rewatched Andor because I kind of thought like once Ahsoka the the date was announced, I was like, all right, I'm living in the Mandoverse right now. I'm mm-hmm. rewatching all the Mando stuff. I'm rewatching the prequels. I'm rewatching a lot of Clone Wars stuff, and I just lived in like the Ahsoka place for so long yeah and you know we started the pod then and i was like at some point we're gonna go back and rewatch and i know it i'm gonna wait and man it's just been like i don't know if it's it's just the fact that i haven't seen it in so long i don't know but uh i'm really stoked have you here's here's a random question before we really jump in yeah have you rewatched rogue one since watching andor yes i have twice i have it and i'm not going to yeah I'm not gonna rewatch it until after season, after two. season two. Gosh, I don't I, know if I could go that long. Yeah. I, I have to re- I have to watch Rogue One once a year. Well, think about it. I'm basically saying because I didn't watch it. I haven't watched it since Andor came out. So that was 2021. Yeah, I'm basically saying I'm going four years without watching Rogue One. But like, I don't want to. Like, I, I there's something about like I want to see the completed journey and then I'll go back there. Yeah. I don't know. I know that's kind of strange. And even as I say it, I'm like, you could just watch it now and then go back and rewatch all of season <laughs> one again right before season two comes out. But 
for whatever reason, I just I'm not letting myself do you it. You don't have to hold yourself to these kinds of standards, man. You know, my my I've lost all inner peace. You know, my mind's a sunless space. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah. Um, dude, we're gonna jump right in today. We you know we talked last week about the Mando movie news. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, it was a, along with the second arc of Andor. Um, that was last week's episode. Um, hasn't really been anything crazy in the news this week, although I imagine it's about to start popping off now that yeah. we got more movies coming. I will say an additional piece of information from last week. You know, I was telling you about that, like, the Legos. evil Millennium yeah. Falcon that didn't make any sense, like, why they would do that. Well, well I, are you about to say what I think you're about to say? Yeah. The rumors about well, the What, what if? if series. That's, yeah. the, that's the only explanation. And Let's talk about that for it a second. confirms to me this wild Lego set leak that they would do. Yeah. And it also confirms the what if season in my mind. If Lego is already manufacturing sets for an upcoming uh, program or product. Yeah. Yeah. I, after we talked and the room that that rumor just kind of kept going around, I was like, yeah, okay. I, I guess that, you know, that could be the connection let me ask you this. Do, do you watch the Marvel What If stuff? Because I know you're like kind of in on Marvel, but okay. Or I mean, I haven't. I haven't yet. All right. I've seen both seasons. I, I, I pretty much catch all the Marvel stuff. I'm not as big on Marvel as I am Star Wars, but yeah. like I've seen it all. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I like to read comics and stuff, so I'm, I'm, I'm in it. Here's the thing about the Marvel What If. Marvel obviously has like the multiverse stuff. Mm-hmm. And what if plays into that concept so much that I almost, no, I don't almost, I do. I consider what if like canon. Like, yeah. it, it, it makes sense. Because you, you can make because, it work in that world. Yeah. It's like yeah. how many, what, what earth are we on? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, of course. So, so. To me, when I watch Star Wars or sorry Marvel, what if I'm I'm a bit in I'm a bit invested because because mm-hmm. it, sometimes it's really really cool stuff that happens that there were, there were a few this past season that just dropped they were really cool and you know I don't know that I would feel the same way about Star Wars because they're not going to be canon yeah and that's the same problem I have with Star Wars Visions as cool as those are. They're not canon, and mm-hmm. they 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 don't. I don't know. They just don't. They don't tie in in a, a connective way that that makes everything feel as good as as say something like Clone Wars or Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I'm I'm not really super excited to see like what if Darth Vader was redeemed and lived. Yeah. I, what about I'm, you? I'm not really. Yeah, I, I share those same sentiments because, like, I'm not. I mean, my initial reaction was like, why don't we just focus our resources on like the good, the real good stuff? You know, it's like this is another Star Wars project that's going to take time and money. Yeah. Um, and it's going to, in my mind, it's like I would rather you take out a what if series and put something else in in that slot of getting released right. that like ties into everything else because you're right. It doesn't me being somebody who has never really been into legend stuff anyways, like something about star Wars to me that I love so much is that you can go so deep mm-hmm. 
and all the connections in, in timeline and worlds and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I want to focus all my efforts towards that. Like, right. I don't, I don't need to live outside of the, bu- there's enough in Canon yeah. for me to like mine forever. I don't necessarily need like non-Canon stories to like scratch a star Wars itch. Cause if I want star Wars, I could get as much of it as I want right in what we know is canon and it just gets it gets hard to keep things differentiated between like what's canon and what's not and then this what if series is like absolutely not canon and it yeah i don't know i imagine we would get like you know stories from all the different eras yeah and and so it's like you know i'm not even gonna try to make my own what ifs in star wars but Rather than see like Han and Luke and Leia go off in some alternate dimension where the Millennium Falcon is, you know, a, an evil galactic empire ship or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I'd much rather, like you're saying, see like, like almost like a Clone Wars style post indoor. Right. Yeah. Give me that. Like when they're still out here fighting off Imperial. Give me, give me between. The Battle of Endor and the Battle of Jakku. Yeah. Give me that animated series. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather that. And I mean, maybe we'll get something like that one day, but Yeah. Or even even a even a one off canon thing. Even if they did like a season of Dark Droids or Bounty <laughs> Hunter or like it turned in turned yeah, some of yeah. the comic canon stuff into a show. See some actual like canon characters like are on we the getting, screen. Are we getting carried away? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, you know what? Here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. Are we, though? No. Because three weeks ago, when no one was talking about the Mando movie, we're like, hey, there's this rumor about Mando, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, it happened. Mm-hmm. So I guess we just get all of our <laughs> our negative takes out. And then the news comes out. We're like, all right, you know, it might be pretty cool. Yeah, let's jump on right. this. It's ha- like, that's the thing, I guess. Once 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 it's happening, we're on board. Like yeah. we're, we're we're along for the ride. I want to. If they do a Star Wars What If series and it's really well done, I'm gonna love it. I know it's yeah. true. It's but like I, I'm not gonna not watch it. <laughs> I'm not gonna not watch it. But it might be like Visions for me, where I watch it mm-hmm. once, maybe twice, except for a few that are like my favorites. Um, and then that's kind of it. it. You know, it could be cool. It'll be fun to podcast on it too because I'm wondering. One, I'm wondering if it's going to be one connected series or if it's going to be individual episodes. But yeah. if, if we cover them, it might get our own. Like if we get in that headspace, it might be fun to break down the episodes and then let our own what is kind of run oh, wild. God. We I don't, don't do know. enough speculation as it is. Yeah, We're going to yeah. speculate on specula- yeah. <laughs> on 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 non can Anyways, yeah. uh, that's what's cool about the Marvel stuff mm-hmm. is that it does all really connect. Like there's some huge through lines from the very first episodes all the way through the second season, and nice. I just I just don't feel like they'll be able to really do that. And then like there's also the idea of like all right, so let's say they do what you're saying, like let's say one event happens, like um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something in the original trilogy that would change everything. Um, Obi Wan doesn't take Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. On 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 the journey, you know, and Luke ends up whatever, and we see the whole like a whole new reimagined events of the first trilogy. Yeah, I just I just can't help but feel like we're gonna end up in a place where it's or or maybe it's after that, maybe it's after Endor, but before the sequel trilogy. 
I would hate to end up in a place that's like that's what it should have been. Yeah, you know, oh, like that, that. That that's also going to be that just been so much better. Or like, what if what if Anakin made it back and like saved Shmi before she died? Sure. Well, yeah. How I mean, would that have affected the trajectory of the whole Skywalker story in and of yeah, itself? Yeah, and I just I don't know, man. I don't I don't know that I'm ready for all that. But I guess we'll see. Um, let's jump into Andor because I got clips on clips, bro. Nice. Why don't we Why don't we listen to the the, the music real quick? I I went ahead. Uh, I didn't. You know, we're covering. Let me Let me slow it back down. We're covering episode seven today, which was directed by Benjamin Karen. Written by Stephen Schiff. And then we're going to talk about episodes 8, 9, and 10, which were written by Will Bolleman and directed by Toby Haynes. Mm-hmm. I think I just did all that from memory. It was actually right. Nice. Yeah, I did think I say to- Bo? Toby Haynes. Bo Willimon? Is that what I said? Yeah, I think so. All right. I was looking through my notes and it was just, anyways. Yes, yeah, so we're going to be talking about all those episodes, and I pulled music, because we've been talking about music a lot, mm-hmm. uh, which, yeah, we should, because the music on Andor is awesome. Here's the first, here's the theme of 8, 9, and 10, so the prison arc yeah. proper. Um, I just noticed, like, we'll, we'll listen to it. This is 8. wild that they eight and nine they, are my favorite yeah which one eight and nine eight and nine yeah the real synth heavy that ones. whole like stranger things isn't it wild that they just <laughs> told nicholas Patel it's like all right we want you to do you know the opening theme but we want it to be different every yeah. single episode instead of one opening theme for the show <laughs> and then your job's done we want 12 opening themes yeah it'd be great thanks you can make that happen cool um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, like eight had like the, the synths were like super like detuned and warbly. Yeah, so yeah. it just sounded off, mm-hmm. which feels right for like, 
you know, and or coming into the, you know, this, the, the prison, yeah. it, obviously everything's like very out of place and weird. Cause it just, well, what's so unnerving about him going in is that there's just like, nobody says anything. Mm-hmm. It's literally just like, go here, go there, go here. You're getting sentenced. You're on the ship. You're on this thing. And then before you know it, he's sitting there building spoiler alert, death star parts, you know, like, and it's just, I'm sure it's, it just captures that unsettling feeling. Then that ninth one is just like ramped up, Mm -hmm. like ready to go. And it's just popping, popping. That's the episode where, you know, you got Dedra, um, interviewing Bix, doing all the torture stuff, yeah. all the all the craziness. Um, I want to say that that's whenever, let's see, uh, that's when all the stuff's really starting to go down on the prison. Like, you're starting to get an idea that mm-hmm. there's there's something weird, and then you got, you know, Cyril is stalking Dedra. It's like all this weird stuff. Yeah. Then um, that last one, obviously, is like a bit more of a return to like a more orchestral style. Yeah. And it feels to me like the way that I just think about it is a little bit more like solemn, a little bit more mm-hmm. resolve. And that, resolve, I, yeah, that's I, what I was going to say. I feel that that ties into what the characters are going through because, like, when you watch that episode, like, we'll talk about it in detail. But like, Luthen is absolutely he he says it like he's he ha, he uses the tools of his enemy. Like he knows that he's doing things that he detests, but he has the resolve. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Kino. Kino gets that resolve. Andor's got it. You even see um Mon Mothma have to make this tough decision about her daughter and mm-hmm. you kind of know that she's gonna do it. Like there's all these different characters and they're all just a little bit more resolute by the end of this arc. Um it's just it's just really cool. And, yeah. and the way that, that all gets sort of communicated communicated through just the opening theme yeah wild i also heard this and it reminded me of something else this is like the outro i was like kind of recognize that rhythm Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us on the podcast tonight. Yeah, podcast is over. But no, I heard that. I was like, oh yeah, it's the... Because I, I, whenever I was making the theme like that, da, 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 mm-hmm. it was, felt very Star Wars to me, although I didn't really have a whole lot of examples. And then I was like listening to the end credits of Andor. I was like, there's one. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, music, great as always. Um, let's jump back to this, this seventh episode. Yes. So... First off, did you catch Yularen? What? Yep. Yeah. So uh, I forgot. I forgot about his first on-screen appearance. Yeah. There. So we've got Yularen. We've seen him in Rebels. He was obviously he's in you know A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was in Clone Wars too? I'm about to say Clone Wars. Yep. We got a young. Young Yularen and Clone Wars. There was that arc when they were breaking someone Tarkin out of prison or something. Was that uh, the same arc? Maybe I just remember he he had brown hair and usually would wear like a, a brown suit and, mustache. Yeah, but the the voice actor that played him in the Clone Wars is the same voice actor that would do those like introductions over the Clone Wars. Yes, episodes, yes, so. Tom Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anakin and Obi Wan are trapped. Uh, That's you know, pretty good, like, Cameron. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Can we get you to do some voiceovers for I've, the pod? I mean, I've only listened to, I've only watched, uh, you know, 200 plus episodes of the show multiple times, so. I got some questions, and I got some observations about this episode. Hit me. I, these are these are just some of my notes. I wrote, I love Dedra's pants. 
I just really like her pants. <laughs> I mean, you see the pants I'm wearing. Like, I'm trying to be like Dedra. I'm like, so glad you mentioned that because her like, pants are awesome, dude. We see so much of the bottom half of Imperial Security Bureau officers in the show, and like the way that they're so like puffed up all the way to the knee. And then, I like, like it. <sighs> it's like this like Japanese samurai style or something. Like I don't know. Man. I, I get more like Humpty Dumpty kind of... Uh, no, man. No, you're wrong. Those pants are awesome. If I could buy those pants, I'd wear them every day. It would be my new uniform. Like I, 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 love, I love her pants. I'm just saying. Uh, here's a question. Who's Uncle Harlow? <laughs> yeah. Who is Uncle Harlow? Is he like actually an uncle? And is he... Um, a part of the Imperial machine? Or is it like Uncle Harlow? Like, if you watch The Sopranos, it's like, you know, Uncle Jackie. It's like, he's not yeah. really your uncle, but they're, they're you know, in the family. Uh, what What's your what's your suspicion if you have one? Is he uh, legit, like, like, in turn, like, Imperial? Or is he more like crime underlord type or overlord I'm gonna type go, thing? Like, I'm going to say Imperial, like, just based off of how, like, formal Cyril and his mom are and mm-hmm. like everything you know she said something like um when she was talking about calling in the favor she mm-hmm. was talking about it so strategically like oh i'll have to i'll say thank you for this and i haven't called a favor in a, in a long time so he'll be happy for the opportunity it, it all sounds very regal mm-hmm. like we're all just we have to be really proper with that, the way that we ask for favors for pe- from people um yeah I was getting the vibe that he would be like real puffed up for an offer opportunity to help to 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 have someone come to him and be like, "Can you help me, please?" Like, so I'm picturing hmm. like very regal in politics, um, somebody that's worked their way up within the empire or within politics, very close to the empire, and uh, kind of looks looks at this opportunity to help this uh, this helpless puppy that is serial. Yeah. So to we'll, we'll kind of like go through again like character by character. We'll get through this episode and then we'll jump to the prison arc. Yeah. Um. The other Dedra thing that was that was really cool was the way that she sort of, um, Blevin sort of came after her, mm-hmm. and she basically was like, "Nah, dude, I'm just doing what." what yeah. I'm supposed to be doing. And I love when the director, I, I can't remember his, I can never remember his name, but you know, it's all the main ISB oh, guy. Portugals. Portugals. Wow. Great, yeah. great, great pool camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love how the end, he's like, watch your back. Mm-hmm. It's just like, that's, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, good job. Stop being sloppy and watch your back. You yeah. know, uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, Which points to the like culture. Mm-hmm. A lot where mm-hmm. it's like we're all on the same team here, but, but everybody is f- trying to get ahead for themselves. And you see that in Rogue One with uh, Krennic. Oh, like yeah. Vader yep. tells him to be careful not to choke on his aspirations. Like, yeah, t- freaking dad puns and mm-hmm. dad jokes and uh, <laughs> Vader. I mean, it makes sense, I guess. Um, all right, so um, let's talk a little bit about Mon Mothma in this episode because. She's starting to meet with Tay. I forget his name, but last name, but his first name's Tay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she's trying to get his help, basically laundering money for the rebellion. Yeah. And I noticed something in this episode. It's real tinfoil hat type behavior for me. Go ahead. I noticed, and I would love if if you know you or listeners go back and and, and when you rewatch the seventh episode. So when they're at the party. 
and she's talking to Tay Como. Is that or J- anyways, whatever, whatever his name oh, is. I can't remember. Um, when they're talking, I noticed that like in the background, very blurred, like not at all. Like I've never noticed it before, and it's it's done in a way that's really like almost like voyeuristic. Hmm. There's one person watching them. It's Mon Mothma's husband, and it made me go. Is parent a spy because mm. she, she's paranoid and she oh, says yeah. the spies are everywhere. Yep. And there's even, I want to say, she tell. I'm just thinking of this now. She tells Tay, don't say anything to parent, he knows nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, what if he knows everything yeah. because he's the spy? Just the way they framed it in that scene just made it seem like. There's very, they're being very ambiguous about whether Mon Mothma and this dude were actually like romantically involved when they were younger. Mm-hmm. But Mon was married when she was 16, so yeah. they'd have been like 14 or 15 years old. You yeah. know, maybe, maybe he's watching because he's a jealous husband. But he doesn't strike me as the type, especially because later, we when we meet that mob guy, I forget, I don't know his name either. That's also from um, Chandrilla. Chandrilla. She, he's like, oh yeah, I know your husband. Kind of like implying that they know each other from like partying and brothels and stuff. Oh yeah. And so like, I don't really get the feeling that Perrin is like this jealous guy who's jealous of her old friend from high school. No. Yeah. I because- think he's the spy, bro. That's my speculation. Like, I think he's the spy. I think he's spying on her. Come on. This is this is Sabine Force Watch all over again. Yeah, I know. Nobody's watching. Nobody can see the things that I can see, Cameron. <laughs> I do. I <laughs> this just show's write, making me paranoid. Well, and this, I, I think my stance on this may play into w- you believing what you believe so much more. Because I look at Perrin as this just like dopey, yep. uh, political, I'm all about parties and 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 business and like rubbing shoulders with people and and networking and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, so surface level and like obviously huge amount of disdain for Mon Mothma. But how's he, how's he going to hold on to all that? You know, I'm just saying like, I feel like he doesn't want to give up that life. And so like if, if he's being pressured by Imperials to be like, Hey, make sure your wife's not up to crazy stuff. Like what's he going to do? Be like no, could, I, could I, be. I I, don't know, I think he's just suspicious of her. Um. Twenty twenty five. I'm playing this back. Let's talk Andor on this episode. So I want to talk about. There's there's some great stuff between him and Marva, mm-hmm. where where she you know tells him he comes back for her and also there's a great scene with Bix where Bix says, uh, "You skim, you borrow, you lie, you disappear." Like just. Get out! Like she's basically like, just get out of here, man. Yeah, like please. just get up, just go. And um, Marva is not gonna, you know, is not gonna go with him. And when he's like, but but the empire's here. Like, don't you want to go somewhere they're not? And she's like, I'm already there in my mind. Yeah, which is oh, which is an incredible quote. Um, that was so so powerful. I was like that. That's it. That, that's what we should all strive for, really. Yeah. And and um, in that scene, as it as it sort of plays out, basically she she says that she, you know this this trauma that she had from her husband dying, she's avoided this part of town 
But now she can go there because of Andor, because of what he did on Aldani. Yep. And he can't tell her, you know, right. and it's just it's just incredible to watch all of that. And then we get the full flashback of Andor seeing his father hung on that street. Oh, yeah. And we see now why he went to Min Man, mm-hmm. why he ended up in jail as a as a kid. It's because he attacked those clone troopers. Mm-hmm. Who went after Clem, his dad, and, and 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 killed him, and so it's just it's an interesting way to see all that backstory fill in, and man, yeah. it kind of sucks that it was clone troopers, man. I know. Well, it sh- it plays so strongly into like when you think about Andor and what he went through with the Empire. It's surprising that and the it, Republic. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the Republic too, but like. It's surprising. It's surprising that it took him as long as it did to like get on with the rebellion. Like it's interesting that because you look at Senta, whose family was slaughtered by yeah. stormtroopers, and she is singularly focused on taking out the Empire or this rebellion. But Cassian had a similar thing happen, where his father was taken from him by this institution, this this large scale government thing. And he went the opposite direction with it and went Yeah, because he, just he, rogue. he went a little bit more self indulgent. Like yeah, that's he good, sort yeah. of he sort of tells Luthen, like, I just want to be left alone. I mm-hmm. just want to sleep and 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 party, like and be on my own. Like he 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 definitely was not, you know, going down the path of a revolutionary. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because he ultimately does. But yeah, he was just going down a different path. I think that even that makes sense, you know, in our real world. The same thing can happen to two different people, and they and, just go two totally different ways. Yep. So it, it tracks. It's, it, it was just so interesting to see how all that worked. And of course, you know, the episode ends with Andor. I I loved the way that they shot the whole him getting arrested bit. Mm-hmm. There are a couple things that stick out to me. One is is um, let me be clear. Is it right that these troopers arrested him no but he did look really suspicious right yeah he, he's like what do you mean he's like dude you do look suspicious you yeah, really do it, that, that scene has you like screaming at your tv because you're like dude hey listen just I get sit it. Down. just try not to have a chip on your shoulder for like two seconds like just yeah sit down don't just run sit down. just sit just chill take man. a load off well the problem was he wasn't. He wasn't where Marva was. He wasn't yeah. in that 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 peaceful place. He's like he's like uh, Luthen. You know, he doesn't have that inner peace that Marva's got. So he's yeah. just like anxious about it, and like oh, 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 and it just ultimately like you know spiraled, spiraled. Yep. And then the other thing that stuck out to me is whenever the judge said, "Take it up with the emperor." Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. dude, that that one hurt me because like, I was. Can you look at his calendar? It's Can like, you book me an appointment with him real quick, please? Hopeless. Totally hopeless, yeah. man. I, I I hated it. I loved, before we move on from this episode, yeah. I think one of my favorite things about it was the was the music in the opening scene. Like that kind of Star Wars-y party music kind of that mm-hmm. played. And it it stuck in my head right now. Like I didn't, yeah. I watched this episode like four days ago. It's so good. And I can still hear it. It's stuck in my head all night. Just that that um Max Rebo esque like Cantina, just high scale partying. And obviously Cassian was like on a 
on a drug fueled like yeah so i'm gonna take a load off for a while yep um i always when he got arrested all i could think about was that box of credits in the top of the shower yeah so, you gotta man. you gotta wonder if he's gonna get back there if yeah. it matters or um i don't know because it's got to be a lot of money in there unless he's already like kind of well you know he paid off his debts and mm-hmm. he may have left some money for marva um, but it, it, it does seem like he's been burning through that money. Yep. He spent 30000 on a ship that was only worth fifteen. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when people hit the lottery, you know? They just don't know how to manage right. their finances, Cameron. Um, so we get into the, let's, let's get into the, the, the prison arc proper. Again, these were directed by Toby Haynes, written by Bo Willimon. Um, first thing that I thought was interesting is, is their... They're talking uh, in the ISB about all the stuff that has been stolen, and mm-hmm. Dedra is starting. I say Deidre sometimes. I say Dedra because I hear them say Dedra on the show. Um, but I like Deidre. Whatever. So, so, so Dedra was. They were talking about all the stuff that Axis, aka Luthen, has mm-hmm. stolen, and one of the things that he took was a probe droid, and I was just like. You know Saul got that probe droid. Oh, I know. <laughs> you yeah. know Saul got that probe droid, man. Um, and one of the other things I noticed very early on in the arc, they really, really make it known when they're coming in on the ship, you can see it's all water everywhere. Yep. Nowhere like, to go. There's no doubt that when he said one way out, he knew... There's only one way out. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that here mm-hmm. in a little bit. Um, man, you got just let's just talk about the prison for a sec. What are your thoughts on just everything? It's such a the prison was such a unique concept to me. Like the way that they did it, the the whole to think of the electromagnetic floors and have the guards have to wear these special boots, and like even when they first got there. And the uh, the director or whatever was explaining to them like you notice that we're not we don't have any weapons right right and then he hits the button and, like yeah dude it's just terrifying cool. I, I, that's just such just... a I would have never thought to do that if I'm thinking about doing a show about a prison break or something <laughs> like how do I make it seem really really menacing oh the whole floor can electrocute you to death. kill you at any moment yeah can kill. All of you can kill an entire floor of you. Like, mm-hmm. you're just all gone, dead. The other, like, really cruel thing, and I would say it might even be crueler than the floors, is the fact that they essentially are making all of the prisoners just guard themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. It's, it, it, this is the way that, like, this is what happens with, like, surveillance states and you know countries like over in like north korea and places like that they all they all they all snitch on each other and they all tell each other there's there's almost really and we see it happen in in this arc there's not that many guards mm-hmm. like like they really are using this like deception to keep them in line and yeah. but then like even like think about i'm thinking about it when Andor was talking to um, Kino Loy, and he's like, before you go, let me know what you know. Like, mm-hmm. I need to know what you know. And I thought about it, and I was like, all right, like, why would Kino not, like, the day before he leaves, be like, all right, man, here's what I know. And the truth is, because he's paranoid yep. that someone will hear it. Uh-huh. No one's listening. Yeah. But he's paranoid that someone would hear it, and then... 
going to mess up his It's going to mess him up. Getting out. Yeah. And that's what everyone is feeling throughout the entire prison. So as cruel as those floors are, it's to me even more cruel that like they're essentially all like out not out for each other but in a way they're kind of out for each other. Well yeah, you don't know who you can trust. You don't know who you can if, trust. If, and- if we know that the empire is going to appoint people to to be in charge that mm-hmm. are within the prisons, mm-hmm. you don't know who you could talk to. You know, an imperial officer could have dangled a carrot over somebody's head and said, "Hey, if you tell me about anybody who's trying to be insurgents, right. we'll knock a year off your sentence." Yeah. So yeah, no, of course you're not going to share. Hey, how do you think we could get out of here? Because you don't you don't know who you could be talking to. Right. Uh, uh, another thing I noticed here in this first episode, a couple things. We got we got our boy Melshi, who's in Rogue One. Yep. And. One thing I noticed is that as he was coming in, immediately, like, Andor is just, like, looking all around. Like, he's plotting a way out. Like, there's... Oh, yeah. You're not keeping this dude in a cage. Like He was looking at... He was observing everything. everything. Yep. And, and that's how I think he really knew. Like, no one's listening, dude. Like, like they're not. They're up there. They're slack. Mm-hmm. There's not enough of them. Which was, by the way, very obvious to see if you are looking for it. Like, you could tell that they were disorganized. They're like, oh, no, no, no. Th- this, this is supposed to take priority. Get him up here. No, he's down there doing this. Well, he's supposed to be up here doing this. He's been on the schedule for weeks. What's going on? It's mm-hmm. just like... You guys are terrible at this. Like, I thought you guys were supposed to be on it. Yeah. Like, and, and Andor knows, no, that's not the case. Like, they're not on it. Um, another thing I, I, I sort of observed on Melshi, which has me really interested in him as a character, and I'm, I can't even remember if his fate was ever disclosed in Rogue One. Like, I don't remember him dying. Um, yeah, I don't either. I don't know. I don't know. But one thing I noticed about him, he's very observant. Mm-hmm. He, much like Andor, he's also like just, he's a realist. He's he's the realist ever. Like, when everybody else is still kind of like, just count your days, man, do your work. He's like, you're never getting out of here. And then there there, there, there are tons of examples of that. I, I, I don't know. I don't know that I did the best job writing them down. But he also even like, I, I even feel like he um he could tell that that wasn't Andor's name. Because he's mm. like, Keith, that's your name, right? And he's like, yeah, Keith. Keith, and it's just like, is it like yeah. he just he just kind of has a way of sort of knowing. And by the way, and this is what I really want to talk about, Melshi. He's good with a gun. He's real good with a gun. Mm-hmm. Ex Imperial. Ooh, is that why he he's able to see all this stuff? And is that why he knows that the Empire is not going to let them out because he knows the way the Empire works because he was Imperial. That's a really good point. Could be. Tinfoil hat back on. Yeah. See, I'm not, I'm not sounding I'm not, so crazy anymore, I'm not am fighting I? you on this I'm not one. sounding so crazy. I'm not, I, I don't have enough uh, belief <laughs> opposite you to, to contest he, that. He just very clearly was really, if you watch him, he looks like, it's not like Andor with a gun. Like, he looked really, really well trained. Like, he yeah. was on it. There's one shot where before he comes around the corner, you see Bob Bob, like three guys get dropped real fast. Mm-hmm. And then like Melshi comes around the corner and it's like, dude, I'm just saying, like, I think Melshi is like the real deal. Maybe he was like, you know, hanging out with Inferno Squad or something. Like yeah. maybe he was like a death trooper. I don't mm. know, man. Um Yeah, so then episode nine. Oh, and we did see Saul. We got yeah. we got we got to talk about Saul. Saul. So what did you think about the Saul Luthen interaction? Um, 
hard to, it, it can be hard to follow like you you see how and Luthen even says it like he says something about fighting fighting against each other mm-hmm. you know saw is such a zealous person that mm-hmm. if you are not ready to bend every moral for the sake of the rebellion you're not in his in crowd and right. you might as well be the enemy too mm-hmm. so um painful painful interaction between them i would say just because luthan you can see how frustrated luthan is like trying to get him to understand right to like look at it as a bigger picture and saw just like or was it luthan that said no saw when when luthan told him his terms saw was like Mm -hmm. no sale today yeah it's like dude you could really use this i mean he's literally going to give you what you're asking for for nothing yeah to play a part and he was like nope but you know what's interesting though i i I just had this thought if he would have said yes Mm -hmm. this is why saul's instincts are killer if he would have said yes saul would be dead because luthan gave up krieger to save his mole in the isb Mm -hmm. you think he would have not done that just because saul was going Saul would be dead too. Oh, yeah. Because he was trying to get him to team up on that job. Mm-hmm. And so Saul dodged a major bullet. Yeah, that is true. He'd be dead. And so, like, I think that kind of goes to show, like, you know, credit to Saul for being able to be like, I'm not dealing with that guy. He's a fool. He's an e-. That's yeah. what he said. He's like, that guy's an idiot. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go do stuff with him. I'm going to end up dead. He, mm-hmm. he was right. So, and they're, and they're both. Luthan and Saul are the same in that way. That like, if the roles were reversed, yeah, it would go down exactly as like Saul would be willing for Luthan to die for his sure. cause. Sure, yeah, I agree on that. On that, they they uh, they definitely agree. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about because we're gonna get into Luthan, we're gonna get into Kino because I got some clips pulled, and you know it is what it is. Um, let's talk about Dedra. And Bix. Mm-hmm. First off, at the very end of that eighth episode, it's so it's so um, funny's not the word. It's not funny. It's just like you just kind of see how evil she is. She's like, she goes whenever um, the 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 store owner is in the room after being tortured. Mm-hmm. She goes, "I want her to see him." Yep. And then when she walks in, she goes. Get him out of here. Get, Get him, him out, out of here. here. I don't yeah. want her to see, you know, just playing. Yeah, oh, it, was, it, was, it was rough. And then, you know, that transitions into the ninth episode where she's going to, the thing that I, that I thought as, as that scene played out, Bix was like, she's like, it doesn't really matter what I say. And it was true. You're like Dedra was always going to torture her. Yeah. And that dude that played those sounds, the torturer guy, Bro, <laughs> Doctor Moore or, so, or something. That guy has got some major issues. issues. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that guy was yeah. was crazy. I mean, you could tell he was just like so excited about mm-hmm. torturing people. Ooh. He's like, oh, and by the way, if you can't tell me when you're done, uh, because sometimes it's hard to speak, yeah. just move your head side to side. Yeah, Gosh. psycho. Did you notice as that scene ended, there was like a shot that looked like a New Hope. 
There was they, they they recreated the very end of that scene oh, where, the where the door closes yeah. and the officer walks by. Yep. It, was, it was like a, a, a recreation. Like of when they were about to torture um, Leia, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was another torture scene. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Good catch. <laughs> um, you know, in the last arc, Cyril's mom did that thing where she like smacked him and then she hugged him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did like a very similar thing here. Where she's like digging in on digging in on, and then, and then he's like, "I got a promotion," and she's like, "Oh, I, I'm so proud of you." I, yeah. you. I was like, "Good God, dude, this lady is she, yeah tough to be in a room with." <laughs> I'm just watching. It. I, yeah, I'm not even in a room with her, and I want to leave. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting on my couch watching Star Wars on the screen, and she's there, and her voice is—I can hear her voice—and I want to leave my own house. Yeah, we'll 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 wrap up Cyril and and, and Dedra uh, here. Um, Dude, that weird interaction outside of the ISB Painful. office, um, really, really kind of, um, I don't know, unnerving in a sense. I guess like I was watching it with Kayla, and she's like, you know, she's like, that's what it can be like being a woman. You can have all that power, but at the end of the day, like, if a man is strong, you know, stronger and bigger than you, and a little crazy, like. <laughs> <laughs> whatever authority you have doesn't matter in the yeah. moment and you could tell that she was like incredibly unnerved by it mm-hmm. because when she goes in the next scene and she's talking to her secretary or whatever she's like stuttering and like she's clearly thrown off she is freaked out dude, by cyril if that dude grabbed my arm dude and got up in my face like that with his dude. eye his beady little eyes i would be unnerved yeah his as i was watching his eyes i was like what is wrong with this guy? Are you about to cry or? And, and her, she, the, what she was doing with her eyes was really interesting too. She was like looking all She's over, looking like all, she was yeah. like having a panic attack or something, yeah. which I mean, she may have been, I don't know. Um, but man, all that is, and, and kind of knowing what happens in this like final arc. Um, I don't know. It's just, there's such a strange, like, ugh, it's gross. There's, there's, there's just so much like discomfort in this. So in much. This, season i can only take so much of cyril man yeah. like he really i can't wait for him to die <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he's the worst um um so l- let's talk about kino mm-hmm. um he's obviously like at the beginning of this arc like just a man trying to do his time and get get out yep you know for whatever it was that he did and um i don't know if you have heard this, but I consider it canon in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Serkis gave him like a, a backstory. Have you heard this? I don't think so. He, he said that um, that his backstory was that he was a a, a union guy, like he mm-hmm. was a union worker, and that's why he's so good at like leading, or leading and running that organizing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, yeah, I like that working class that. guy. Like, yeah, yeah that's Keen Alloy, you know. Um. And really, the thing that I kind of thought was that Andor kind of luthened Kino in the same way that Luthen gets Andor to join up. I thought about a- that, too. Andor kind of did the same thing. Kind of like riled him up. Yeah, he's got that natural recruiting energy, which, I mean, we see with mm-hmm. on in, in, in Rogue One. So, I don't know. I thought that was cool. And I have this. It, it's kind of a longer clip, but I, I was listening to it and sort of knowing... What ends up happening with mm-hmm. him not being able to swim? 
uh, I play this clip because I, I, I think that it's worth knowing that very, very early on, Kino knew that he was going to die. And it, it was, it, it, and I think that he was, um, well, we don't really know his fate. Yeah. But um, I think that Andor, you'll hear it. He, he triggered something in him. And I think it, it, it took him to his core a bit. Plan works around a new man coming down. They'll replace Olaf tomorrow. That might not happen again until it's too late. I'd rather die trying to take them down than die giving them what they want. We won't have a better chance. It has to be tomorrow. Program. Sit up! We are done with counting shifts. There is only then and now. There is only one way out. Play it how you want. But I'm gonna assume I'm already dead and take it from there. There's no sense in warning the night shift. They'll hear about it one way or another soon enough. Let's make it look good. Wherever you are, right now, get up. Stop the work. Get out of your cells. Take charge and start climbing. They don't have enough guards and they know it. If we wait until they figure that out, it'll be too late. We will never have a better chance than this. And I would rather die trying to take them down than giving them what they want. We know they fried a hundred men on level two. We know that they are making up our sentences as we go along. We know that no one outside here knows what's happening. And now we know that when they say we are being released, we are being transferred to some other prison to go and die. And that ends today. There is one way out right now. The building is ours. To run, climb, kill. You need to help each other. You see someone who's confused, someone who's lost. You get them moving and you keep them moving until we put this place behind us. There are 5,000 of us. If we can fight half as hard as we've been working, we will be home in no time.
every time I hear it, I just have to put my head down. Yeah. When he says that second, I can't swim. Like, are you it just, it, kidding me? It, it, I've seen that scene probably, you know, a dozen times at this point. And like any time, even just listening to it, it just, I get so depressed. Mm-hmm. It's such a bummer, dude. But, you know, that all started with Andor saying, you know, I'd rather die trying to get out than, than to die doing what they want me to do. You hear Kino repeat it later. Yep. The difference is Andor doesn't know that he's going to die. Mm-hmm. Kino does. And that's, you know, he gets up there and, you know, he even like, there's actually, he has a little smile. He goes, I can't swim. Yeah. He like smiles and it's so, it's so wild. But mm-hmm. like he, he just, he knew, I think, but I, I, I guess he knew he was going to die anyways. And I think that in some way Andor helps him because like, what's, what's better? To be the guy who's running everybody ragged all day, every day, and and dying in 30 years, which is basically what his fate would have been, or to get them all out. Like, you're going to die either way. Like, I I think that's why he had that little smile. It's, you know, I don't know, but. Yeah. Kino, man. You could tell, you could tell that he had been telling himself for so long, like trying to make himself believe that he was actually going to get out. And like, you see him start to crack little by little as we start to figure out like something's not quite right. And then it's like the floodgates were open once, once Olaf or, uh, yeah, died or whatever. When that, when that doctor doctor was like, yeah, they messed it up. It was like, it was like, Kino, I don't, we don't know how long do we, do we know how long he's been in? In prison? I don't know that we know how long, but he was getting out in like six months or something. Yeah. So he he's in this constant mental state of just like repetition, keep your head down, yep. do what I'm told, just got to get out of here. Yep. Um, and then for all of that to just be shattered. I mean, there's so much good acting in the in these couple of episodes just without even without even dialogue. Just yep. the look on Kino Loy's face when he realized that. The look on Andor's face when he is like getting to the prison and really realizing like how deep and how hopeless things seem. Um, that discomfort, they just do such a good job with this show of just building so much tension and so much hopelessness. Like, how on <laughs> earth is anything going to get better? I mean, the, yeah. the scene, the sequence of Andor even getting arrested, like how quickly that happened, and then how randomly it was that the judge yeah. was like, This used to be a six month sentence, six, six years. years. Um. Yeah. So thanks, Deirdre. Yeah. Whatever name is Deirdre. Um, we get we can't leave this episode without the Luthan monologue. Like, oh yeah. We just we just gotta we'll 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 finish it like we started it. And what do you sacrifice? Calm. Kindness, kinship, love. I've given up all chance at inner peace. I made my mind a sunless space. I share my dreams with ghosts. I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago from which there's only one conclusion. I'm damned for what I do. 
my anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my, my eagerness to fight, has set me on a path from which there's no escape. I yearn to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost, and by the time I looked down, there was no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is my, what is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. Now the ego that started this fight will never have a, a mirror or an audience or, or the light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything! Everything. <laughs> Selling his cars card, man. What's yeah. up? Round of applause for him. Mm -hmm. Dude. I need all the heroes I can get. I need all the heroes I can get, Cameron. This was this was so that funny. That was how I got Cameron to do this podcast. I, yeah. said, I said, Cameron, I need all the heroes I can get. What I what I never really thought about in that exchange was how interesting it is to see someone in the Empire wanting to go back on being a rebel like it's, we always see like imperials or or people like defecting to the rebellion you never you never right. see someone who's like really struggling with the hardships of the rebellion itself and saying i, I don't know if i can do like i just i mean can you imagine being a, a part of a rebellion as a spy for six years and then being like ah, i'm just gonna stick my head back in the sand and just like mm. trying you know and it's for his kid like yeah I didn't I'll, know how I'll do it what I have feel, to do yeah. for my kid. Yeah, I didn't know how it would feel yeah. to be a dad. Like, gosh, it's very. Um, there's, there's, there's things that I I find relatable in a lot of that. Yeah, I I love the way that Stellan like where he chooses to like stutter a word or mm -hmm. repeat a word. He's like, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the uh, script now. So let's see here. Um, He's like my anger, my my ego. I'm no, I'm adding in extra stutters home because <clears throat> because he add. I know where he adds it. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my my eagerness to fight. Yeah. Like the way that he just just where he chooses to do it. Um, I don't know, man. It's there. There's a few other spots here. Just yes, of course. The the monologue is incredible. You know. All the imagery and everything that's 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 written is great, but his his delivery and performance is just uh, on a different level. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it to me, it's it's probably my favorite. It might be my favorite monologue in all of Star Wars. I'm hard pressed to think of a better one. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. I mean, the Marvel one, the Marvel one would have been a little bit cool if uh, <laughs> a little bit cooler if they would have not changed Done what that they were going to do. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that next week. But um, gosh, dude, it, it it is it is interesting to to just think about Luthen and how he has sort of just given up his life, <laughs> really. Mm -hmm. I, and I think that's true for a lot of people in the rebellion. Um, but you don't really ever hear it talked about like that. You don't you don't hear about the loss of inner peace. You don't you know the the idea of him sort of detesting the things that he does yeah. on because that he's become like his enemy. And I, I, I don't know. I think that that's that that ties in a lot to that to the lesson that I think Ahsoka got. Mm -hmm. You know, because like you can end up like a Luthen, or you can sort of 
you know, pull an Ahsoka and go the other way. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's 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 interesting. I can't I can't wait to see what happens with Luthen. I can't help but feel like it's not going to be good. <laughs> no, probably not. I think it's going to be real bad. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be real bad. And I wonder if it has anything to do with like when Saul got wrecked. Uh, you know, Saul's like, got that whole got the breathing apparatus. The breathing apparatus, thing, yeah. and there was always like a rumor, by the way, that I say rumor. Just I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like what was. Maybe it was like something was deleted or blah blah blah, mm. but it, I, I I do remember hearing years and years ago that like Bader did it to Saul, which is oh wow. On one hand, you're gonna get people that are like, oh man, it makes the galaxy so small that Darth Vader's the one that did it. But like you know, Anakin and Saul know each other. Yeah, you know, it's not that crazy that they and were, and we know like I would I love for Luthen to die at the hand of Vader. It's all yeah. I'm saying. I don't know if you know this, you probably do, and. Some some people probably don't either, but like Cad Bane, yeah, his tubes. His, his tubes that he yeah. has are to keep his lungs from collapsing if someone were to use the force on his lungs. Oh, you know what? I think I have heard that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's a viable fear in the uh-huh, galaxy uh-huh. to try to worry about like a force That's user doing something that would affect your like lung capacity. Huh. Yep. So those, I don't know how it works, but those tubes like keep him his lungs from being able to be collapsed. Yeah, and and even even like with his little Cad Bane, I'm talking about like his little booster boots or whatever that let him fly around, yeah. like all that stuff. I think uh, was explained as like a way that he can combat against force users, mm-hmm. sort of like Mandalorian style in a way. Like a lot of the stuff that they use does, you know, is is for the same reason. Um, yeah. yeah, interesting. I but guess yeah. we'll. I guess we'll see. I can't wait. Next week's going to be great because we're going to actually be able to sit down and really like speculate. Like, all right, what's going to happen? Season, season two going, two? yeah. Um, and, and because we had to cover four episodes this week, I want to punt down the line one more episode. Our question from last week, which was, "What is your single most favorite episode?" Because we don't have enough time to talk Dude, about I, that. I, I was like, gonna. I was just. Uh, I remembered the question like ten minutes ago. I was like, crap. All right, I didn't even go back through my archives come, come, and find it. Come back. If, well, it's not episode. in your archives, then it, you know, then, yeah. then it must not exist. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, we'll we're going to talk about next week instead because I I think we'll we'll kick off next week with that because you know me I'm gonna I'm gonna list ten episodes before I give you my one favorite. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll talk about that next week. We'll punt it down the line again, listeners. If you want to shoot yours over, feel free to message us at Star Wars After Party at gmail.com. You can send a voice memo from your phone, or you can just shoot us a text, whatever. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you, uh, Cameron. Is there anything else? No, I uh, I will say I don't really remember. The rest of the oh, season. So I'm really excited for episodes 11 and 12. For a treat. Next week, we're going to be watching and talking about Andor episodes 11 and 12. This is the final arc of the first season. Are you ready to speculate on that there, Cameron? Oh, I'm, I'm stoked. I um, I'm sort of sad that it's coming to the end. It almost feels like Ahsoka. Yeah. It's Where are we going cool. next, Tyler? I don't know, man. I don't but know. It's kind of cool that we were able to get like that. I feel like I got that energy of like the way it was whenever we were talking about Ahsoka as it was airing. Yes. It's kind of cool that I feel that way about a show that's been out for, you know, 15 months. Yeah. But here we are, and here we will be next week. Until then, Tyler out. Cameron out.
this party's over.